We are Chris and Beth Bruno, and this is the Walking With Podcast. God called you to walk with people. He called us to help you. Join us for a conversation at the intersection of theology, psychology, and ministry. Each week, our goal is to replace a little bit of your overwhelm with more confidence in caring for the people you walk with. Welcome back to the Walking With podcast. Chris and I are in a series called The Disordered Life. Last week, we talked a little bit about the difference between mood disorders and personality disorders. And this week, we are diving right in to probably the most well-known personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder. Lately, it's been a huge topic of conversation among the church at large. In fact, a a recent release by Chuck DeGroat, When Narcissism Comes to Church, has been really widely talked about. And so let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about what this is, um, how to properly understand it and not just joke about it, um, where it might touch home for some of us and what we can do if we're walking alongside of someone that we think has narcissistic personality disorder. So I'd like to start just in the uh, setting up a spectrum of narcissism. Okay, so all of us, have some level of narcissism. And I mentioned that last week, that um, each of us has some level of wounding in our core, in our soul, that uh, we have to, in some ways, make ourselves feel better by making other people feel smaller. Okay, so that would be a general understanding of what narcissism is. And so there's a spectrum of narcissism. And those that are on the top end of that spectrum are going to be the ones that have the diagnosable narcissistic personality disorder. There's a whole bunch of criteria that people have to have in order for that to be your quote unquote diagnosis. So, um, but we have to recognize there is a spectrum of it. And the, you know, the, the more that there is, the more we will be feeling a certain way. So last week I talked about the difference Uh, One of the differences of mood disorders and personality disorders being that you see the symptoms in mood disorders, depression, anxiety, etc. in the person. You see more of the symptoms of the uh, personality disorders in you, the friend, the spouse, the person that is walking with this other person. Now, there are certainly some things that they will be exhibiting. Uh, especially on the top end of that spectrum. And yet you, when you begin to wonder like what's going on, why do I feel so weird or bad or confused or angry after I'm with that person, you might be, you know, dealing with someone somewhere on that spectrum. So narcissism is uh, very, very uh, challenging. It is hugely challenging. And in fact, those that are diagnosable narcissists will very unlikely be in counseling because they, in a way, have such an inflated view of themselves that they then don't need help. Uh, and many of them don't need God. So there's, uh, they, they might on the outside have some kind of Christian life or, or show that they're putting on for people, but really on the inside, they don't need God. And so the, the narcissist... Um, 
will always do something relationally, dynamically, that makes the other person feel small, uh, feel unwanted, feel wrong, feel confused, feel uh, that they have, that they're just not good enough, right? That there's something wrong with the other person. And that's to make the, the narcissist person A feel better about person, about themselves than person B. So they're always looking to put them down. Mm -hmm. Well, I've heard you talk about gaslighting and that being connected is that that's more of a method that a narcissist would subconsciously employ to make a person feel like they're the ones at fault. Yes. So gaslighting is a term you might have heard, right? And it is uh, it is some is a, one of those relational dynamics that happens. It is well used by people who are narcissists, but it can be used by anyone else. Okay, so it doesn't have to just be something that's only narcissistic. Now, gaslighting is uh, a, a dynamic that happens where the the conversation is so so subtle, but the conversation that you're having. Uh, the narcissist makes you feel, or the gaslighter makes the other person confused and actually doubt their reality or their perception of reality to where they, they come away from the conversation going, you know, did I actually think that? Did I actually say that? Did that actually happen? Maybe that didn't actually happen. Maybe, maybe I'm the one that's crazy or confused or I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my memory because he said, or she said, the narcissist said this happened and they gave enough convincing of a proof or, or, or whatever to it that now I'm the one doubting my reality. And that's what gaslighting is. It's this, uh, this dynamic where the, the narcissist is always right and the one who is, or the gaslighter is always right and the one who is in relationship to them is always wrong. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the, the person with the disorder is aware of all of that? You know, I had someone call me last week experiencing this sort of a relationship, feeling crazy. I mean, a textbook, all of what we're talking about right here. But her question was, do you think that person knows? I don't think so. I think sometimes they do. I think they sometimes have learned enough and honed the skill enough to know how to manipulate their way through the world. And yet, um, I don't think, so they might know, they might know. But in many, many, many cases, they don't know. They don't know this is the dynamic that happens. And it's just the way that things get spun. It's the, it's the subconscious way of being that their inner person, their inner child that got wounded way back then had to come to a way of manipulating the world in order for them not to collapse. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these individuals are really successful, really strong personalities. That's why a whole book can be written about the the spiritual leader i mean this is about pastors mm -hmm. this when narcissism comes to church they end up being many times pastors of mega churches because they're so influential and powerful um so talk, let's talk a little bit about that and let and if there's a lack of awareness of their impact on others on their congregation on their families what hope do we have to see change yeah, so it is a big thing in church. And um, I think one of the biggest signs of, of narcissism is, is two things. One, they are incredibly successful and incredibly winsome, 
right? And so how could you not love that person? How could you not just follow that person? They're such a great writer. They're such a great speaker. They're incredibly successful, both in business and in church. But I think what ends up happening is that the the Christianity, the, the way that we do church actually becomes a cloak for some uh, someone who actually is a narcissist that they can use spiritual terms to uh, to add to their kind of manipulation toolbox to where they're actually, you know, uh, I'm just trying to shepherd you. I'm just trying to disciple you. I'm just trying to hold you accountable, right? I want to be vulnerable and authentic with you. And in fact, what's happening is that they're actually turning the, turning the table on you in some ways to where you're feeling like, well, if I was a good Christian, I would listen to this good shepherd and actually follow and I would obey the scriptures that they've taught me. I would, I would listen to these older, wiser pastors that that are telling me what I what I should do or how I should be and it's this other subtle way that narcissism comes to church uh, and the the hope that I have um, in in doing this and in talking about this particularly with regard to church is that all of us would attend to our narcissism that all of us would have some question that goes, okay, now I'm gonna step back and ask the question, how am I exhibiting these things? What am I doing in defense of myself so that I don't look broken? I don't look uh, like I have problems. I don't look like I you know, struggle with my faith. I, I, I look like I have no doubts, like all those. How am I protecting myself in those ways? And can I put those down? And if we can, as church leaders, uh, actually be about that and be about doing that, I think we'll have a whole much more healthy of a church and ministry than, than otherwise. Those that are actually diagnosable, top end of the spectrum that like I talked about, that are diagnosable narcissists, there's really not too much that a, a community or a person can do in relationship with them other than to step away. So the second uh, thing that I would say with regard to those narcissists uh, at that top end of the spectrum is to look at, and if you're wondering about someone right now, is to look at what is the relational debris that is that has followed them in their past. Who, how many times have they burned bridges? How many relationships have they uh, had to stop or move away from? Or how, how many new, quote unquote, successful ventures are we going to go on that they stopped doing something that they were doing and now they're off to the next thing? And is it because they're off to the next thing or is there because there's some relational debris that they're trying to get away from, right? So uh, to look into the past of this person's life and what is what is left behind? What's the carnage that they left behind? And then begin to wonder now, how am I going to be one of those people? And what will I like to do for myself if I'm in relationship with one of those people? So you're saying really it's a matter of caring for yourself so that you don't end up being kind of harmed mm -hmm. in their wake. Mm -hmm. um, and you're kind of saying that there's not a whole lot that you can do to to heal that the trauma that that splintered this young child. To heal the person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, uh, that's why I wanted to start here with narcissism is because it is the most difficult to treat. It is the most difficult to heal. It's not impossible. I fully believe that healing is possible and that Jesus can bring healing to any splintered or broken part of us. And I will say it is the most difficult 
primarily because the narcissist doesn't believe they need help and they don't believe they need to change. And so that, that belief structure actually keeps them, prevents them from getting the help that they truly need. So in any of the personality disorders, those of us that are walking with people who we might wonder about in any of these that we're going to talk about here, um, probably the best quote unquote treatment for that person is for you to develop your own sense of strength and solidness in the relationship. Because what happens is that the narcissist or any of the personality disorders begins to cross over into your psyche, which is why you feel afraid or you feel confused, right? They're trying to, to press into you in that way. When you begin to establish stronger boundaries to yourself, uh, what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do, how you're willing to engage, how you're not willing to engage, what you will um, talk about, what you won't talk about, uh, all those kinds of things, right? Where you stop doubting your own reality, that's going to be hugely disruptive to the person uh, across the table and they're not gonna know what to do. And so things will start to wobble and shake uh, for them. So for you to develop your own boundaries and your own sense of strength and self and voice is the best way to live in relationship with someone who has a personality disorder or uh, narcissism, whatever. Well, I find that to be really helpful. I think that that's freeing. I think it takes the the responsibility to think, well, if I really love this person, if I'm married to this person or have been friends with this person for a long time or work with this person, I owe it to them to, to kind of stick it out and love them until they change. But what you're saying is that's just not a role that you can take. And creating your own secure boundary is the healthiest thing for you. And that's what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like one of the things that people who end up being in relationship with someone like this, they're, they don't, they're generally very generous and they want to be helpful and they don't want to hurt people. Like, you know, you and I, we don't want to hurt this other person, right. By putting up those boundaries, but to take the abuse of a narcissist is actually not kind to you or to them. And so some of the best work that we can do is to establish that sense of strength and self so that they have to, in some ways, face your kind face that won't allow yourself to be abused any longer. Mm -hmm. So next week, we're actually going to dive into another one of the personality disorders called borderline personality disorder. You might have heard of that one. And that is related to narcissism, but it's it also has a few differences. So we're going to uh, explain that a little bit more next week on the continuation of the disordered life.